for our family, Lord God. I pray that you would bless them, Lord God, and that you would keep them. And that your face would shine upon us and be gracious to us. And, Lord God, that you would give us peace on all sides. As we give into your kingdom today, Lord God, we know that rust and moth will not devour, that we're giving eternally into the kingdom of God. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless the work of our hands, that you would prosper us, and that we would all be in good health. And I just pray this over your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, Grace. I'm so happy that we sang that song, Love on the Line. Because the title of my sermon is God's Love Toward Us. Amen? It ties right in. God's Love Toward Us. Who here knows that God loves them? That's right. God loves you. Who knows that God loves you? All hands should be up. Ever since the beginning of time, God has shown his love toward us. Amen? Even for Adam. You know what God created for Adam? Besides a woman? <laughs> he did create a woman for Adam. But God created a garden for Adam, didn't he? God created a garden for him. And he called it Eden in Genesis 1, 31. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Isn't that amazing? God loves his creation. And guess what? Guess what, Jackson? Guess what, Ephraim? You're part of God's creation. Do you know that you have been created in the image of God? Do you want to know what God looks like? He looks like you. He looks like you. He looks like you, 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 and you. That's what God looks like. And God doesn't only look like you, but he loves you. And you know that God filled you with his spirit when he breathed his life into you? And in that spirit, there is love. Amen? Amen. God loves his creation, and God loves you. Do you understand that? God loves you? We all know the scripture in John 3.16. For God, can we say this together? Can we put this on the board? Can we listen? Let's say it together. Let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. Get some blood flowing to those legs. We're going to say it together. Ready? Are you ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world Amen? Amen. 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 And we all know what he did. You can sit down. No. We all know what God did, didn't he? He sent his only son. 
Jesus to the cross. Right? Done? <laughs> we know what God did, don't we? Well, he sent Jesus to the cross, didn't he, Ephraim? He sent Jesus to the cross. To die for us. He sent Jesus to the cross to die for us, but also to rise again. That's right, Ollie, to rise. To rise. On the third day, to be the way for us so that we can be with him. So God made a way for us to be with him forever. How long is forever, Jackson? For all eternity. That is right. That is forever, infinity. God's love is shown in each one of us. When we show love to one another, to our children, to our wives, to our families, to your fathers and your mothers, to your neighbors, you know that you are reflecting God's love. And our love for God it's kind of like a reciprocal process. Right? When we show love to one another, then God shows love to us. Right? When we give out love to one another, then God gives his love more to us. The more we show love, act and walk in his love, the more love he'll give to us. It's his principle. It's the same principle of giving. Right? It's the same principle of giving. It's a characteristic of God. The more you give, the more God gives to you. You can't outgive God. My wife tells me that all the time. Do you know what this world needs? More love and God. Because God, God is love. Right? God is love. So the more love this world needs. The more love this world gets, the more God it gets. The world needs an outpouring of God's spirit, which is love. Our world is in turmoil right now. You could even say it's in a pit. You might even feel like you're in a pit. And you don't know the way out. Or what you should do. And you just think, if I just work harder, if I just work longer, I might just make it. If I do more, it might make it better. Trust me, I know all about working more. I know all about working harder. I know all about trying to do more. I know all about when you, when you start climbing out of the pit and you think you're going to make it 
then all of a sudden something comes around and pushes you right back down in. Have you ever felt like that? I have. I felt like, oh, I'm almost out of the pit. I'm working my way out of this pit. I pulled up my bootstraps. I'm climbing. I'm getting there. I can see the end of the tunnel. Then all of a sudden, bam, something else comes along and knocks you right back down. And you're no better off than you were the first time. You start all over again. And you might even say to yourself, why, God? Why? If you love me so much, why am I going through this? Why am I working so hard? And I'm getting nowhere. I know that I'm a pretty hard-headed man. My wife can contest to that. And I can get pretty set in my mind and my ways. Right? It's pretty hard to change a man's mind once he's got it set in his mind that he's going to do something. Right? Men, if you got your mind set on it, there's nothing that's going to stop you from doing it. Right? Even when God is sitting there at the top of the pit, dangling down a rope, saying, all you got to do is take hold of this rope and we'll pull you out of here. You don't. Because you're setting your mind that I've got to climb. I've got to do it my way. Belzebub up here pestering me. Rebuke him, Jesus' name. I don't need your rope. I don't need your help, God. I can do this. I can take care of these matters myself. And then finally, when I'm in totally exhausted, when I have tried everything that I possibly know how, I have no energy left, and I've wasted all this precious time, and sometimes it can be years that we waste, that we finally come to our senses when we come to our wit's end. That I finally surrender and I take hold of the rope and I say, okay, God, I need your help. You know, I feel like that applies to a lot of us here today. And God is saying to you and to me, you need to surrender to me. I got him. I killed the Beelzebub. Amen. Stepped on his head. Smacked him. But I feel like that's what God is saying. God is dangling a rope out there to most of us and saying, here, just take hold of the rope. I'll get you out of the pit. All you got to do is take hold of the rope and trust me. If you surrender to me, I'm going to help you out. 
I didn't send my son Jesus to die on the cross to leave you in a pit. I didn't send Jesus to suffer all that pain and hardship for you to be left in a pit. And God is saying, are you ready? I've been waiting. God says, I've been waiting for you. I haven't, I haven't left you or forsaken you. I've been there the whole time. I see, your, I see your exhaustion. I see your frustration. But I'm right there. And I've always been right there. I've been waiting for you. Because I love you. Amen? You might find yourself in that pit, but God will always provide a way out for, of it. Do you, do you believe that? You might find yourself in a pit. It could be a financial pit. It could be a mental pit. It could be things going on that only you know about. But God is saying, listen... I will always provide a way out for you. Always. I will never fail you or forsake you. But we have to recognize God's love for us. Because if we don't recognize God's love for us, and we recognize how much God loves us, then we are never going to submit to God's love or to his authority. And that's not easy to do. Submission for a man is like, no, never give up, never surrender. Right? Right? Right on. Right on is right. Come on, man. <laughs> but you don't want to submit. But God is asking us to submit to his authority. It's not my authority. I'm telling you, by my authority, I can't send any one of you to heaven. I can sure as heck lead you to hell, but I can't, you know, and I can lead you to heaven, but I can't bring you, I can't say, come in, well done, my good and faithful servant. No, I can't say that. That's Jesus' job. That's what Jesus has done. But we need to submit to what Jesus has done and his authority. And you know, Jesus' authority and God's authority are all the same. It's all based on love. You know, the principles of heaven are easy. It's a four-letter word, love. But we need to recognize God's love for each one of us. And you might be afraid of it. Or you might not even know what God might do next, right? We don't know what God is going to do in this world next. Because this world is in crazy turmoil. We don't know where God is going to lead us. Or what he's going to do. But we have to learn to submit to his rule and his love for us and trust him and obey him. Even when you know that God has a purpose from you, 
you may still find yourself trembling because you don't know what his purpose might be. You know, I find myself in that situation a lot. You know, a lot of times, I don't know exactly what God's purpose is in my life at times. Or where God is, and I, don't, I might not understand it. And he might be leading us into some terrible times and terrible things that might be scary and be afraid and be fearful. But God says never to be fearful, for I am with you always. I will be with you to the ends of the earth. And if we really love God, then perfect love casts out all fear. That's what the Bible says. We just have to trust him. Because we just have to trust that God loves us. And that God's love for us will never come to do us any harm. Right? We just need to follow him. You know, we're like sheep, right? That are being led by a shepherd knows all the good pastures around the whole world, right? He knows where the best grass is to feed his sheep. He knows the pathways that lead to the greatest pastures. We don't know the paths because we're his sheep. See, Jesus has already been down this road before. He knows all the paths. He knows the way to the pastures. And Jesus, as us being sheep, that's why we need to know that God's love for us is so great that he's, he might lead us down some scary-looking paths. There might be cliffs to our left. There might be high mountains to our right. There might be rivers that we have to cross over and valleys that we got to go down and peaks that we got to summit. But he says, you know, you follow me and you stay on the path and you no harm is going to come to you and I'm going to lead you to the greenest pasture. And that's what we got to trust, God's love. And our lives are like sheep. They really are. Our lives are like following Jesus down these winding roads and trusting him and obeying him. And sometimes, if you've ever seen a flock of sheep, sometimes a couple sheep will wander off the, off the path and get themselves in trouble, right? But if they stayed the course with the other sheep following one after another, like a train, they'd be okay. And the Come back, and he gets that sheep, gets it back up on the path, catches it. That's the same way God is with us. Even when you know your, what your purpose is as a sheep, you might still tremble because you don't know what his purpose might be. The road might be scary for us, but we have to trust God and obey God and realize and recognize that God loves us so much that his will for us is not to harm us, but to prosper us and for us. You know, you can see God in the garden of walking with Adam in the cool of the day. Do you know 
God's plans for Adam were great plans if Adam followed them. You know, think about, we, I don't even, I couldn't even understand what life would be like if Adam and Eve didn't take the bite of the apple. I really don't understand how it would be. I know it would be quite different than what we're living in today. You know, you think about it. The flood would have never came. People were living for hundreds of years, you know, almost a millennial, some of them. The oldest man, Methuselah, was 969 years old. Can you imagine Jackson being 969 years old? Jackson, how would you walk at age 969? Can you show us how you would walk? If you were 969 years old, get up and show us how you might walk as an old man. There you go. I've seen that walk before. That's right. But you can see God walking in the cool of the day with Adam, can't you? I can picture it in my mind. Nobody knows exactly how long God walked with Adam in the garden. And, and I would just love to, be, to hear the conversations. You know, what questions did Adam ask God? What did God reveal of Adam that he hasn't revealed to any other man? God must have really thought something of Adam to spend all that time with him. And then I can see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. In Luke twenty-two forty-two, it says, Father, Luke chapter 22, verse 42, says, Father, if you then, being willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Do you know that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus being tired and beaten, every drop of blood that Jesus sweated out of his head. Remember that when he was praying? When he was praying in the garden, and he said that Jesus was, his body was just pouring out of blood? Every drop of blood that fell to the ground from Jesus' body cried out, He's doing this for you. Think about that. Every drop of blood that fell from Jesus' body cried out, He is doing this for you. When He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, on the way to Golgotha, remember on the way to Golgotha, well, Jesus was Carrying his cross. Every step that he took. Every step that Jesus took. The earth was shouting. He loves you. He loves you. Every step of the way. He loves you. He loves you. Can you imagine what was going on through Jesus' mind? 
Jesus was all human. That means he felt all that pain. He felt all that exhaustion. All the weight of the world was bearing down on him. Think about it. He took all of the sin of the world from all mankind. How heavy that must have been. And he knew it. He knew what he was doing each step of the way. And each step of the way, the earth was saying, he loves you. Can you imagine how tired he must have been? But the earth was crying out, he loves you. Every step that he took, he loves you. He's doing this for you. Standing at the base of an old rugged cross, like the one we have here, you can see his love as he hangs there on the cross. Head full of sorrows as he gives up the ghost. Rod Parsley said this, and this when I read this, it was really pretty striking to me. With his final breath, his piercing eyes penetrated my calloused heart and tells me that no matter what I have done and where I am, the potter loves the clay. Can you imagine picturing Jesus' face on the cross just before he gave up the ghost, those piercing eyes, those, that final breath, penetrating our calloused hearts and thinking and Jesus thinking no matter what you have done or where you have gone or how bad you might think you are or how bad you might think it is I have done this for you because I love you and I'll never leave you John 15, 13 says this, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus not only laid down his life for his friends, he laid down his life for the whole world. He made a way for the whole world to be with him forever. Jesus tells us, not only did he tell us, but he says to us that I'll show you how much I love you, that I'll go to hell for you, so you don't have to. I'll take the keys from the grave. I'll rise in resurrection power on the third day. And by the way, because I live, you too will live. And by the way, I'll go to the Father's house and I'll build you a mansion. That's how much Jesus loves you. Me of a watch. I don't know. It was a pretty silly one, but it was a guy. Remember, he broke his finger. I love you so much, I'll break my finger. You know. I don't remember what it's called, but she said something, I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday about it, 
It was pretty funny. It's a comedy. But Jesus loves us so much that he went to the cross for us. And he Do you know if you You took of all God's characteristics and you put them in a pot and you boil them all down. If you took all God's characteristics, put them in a pot and boil them all down, there would be one encompassing element left. That element would be love. God is love. And his love for you is indescribable. Amen? God's love is greater than any force on this earth. And that same love that God has for you lives in you. If you believe in God and trust in him, and that love lives in you. Amen? Amen. Let's stand for the blessing and I'll close. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I praise you and thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for your words. Thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that you would just speak to us today. Anything that I said, Lord God, that's not of you, I pray that it would fall away. But anything that I said, Lord God, that is of you, I pray that you would let it speak to our hearts. Let it resonate in our hearts, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that we would surrender to you, that we would recognize your love for us that we would love you, Lord God, unconditionally, and that you would pour your love out in us as we pour out our love. Help us to pour out our love to one another, Lord God. And we know that this world needs your love. Help us, Jesus. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would bless us and that you would keep us, that, Lord, you would make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us, that, Lord, you would turn your face toward us and that you would give us peace on all sides. And I pray this, Lord God, and I pray your blessings on your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You guys may be dismissed. Amen.